Welcome back, FantasySportsCollective.com. This is your host, J-Dub. I've been gone for a couple months. I apologize. It's been an exciting time in life in general. It's been crazy out there in the political world, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about fun stuff. Uh, I got a great guest on today, former colleague of mine. We have great debates. An SEC bias, Travis Scott, Scott Travis NYC. He'll be on the flip side. Uh, and uh, as you know, I always be bringing some hot takes, Pac-12, bias, West Coast. That's how we do it. Uh, it honestly, this is a great guest. I, I love this guy to death, Big Teddy Bear. I had three hours with him last night. We had a great dinner and then got to chat a little sports. Focus is really SEC versus Pac-12, specifically kind of talking about, you know, not, not gridiron only, uh, but a little bit about the schools. Again, a dive into, you know, what would be the great place to go visit um, from an SEC perspective, uh, you know, us West Coast California kids and people in general don't really understand the passion and energy that these folks do in the Midwest and the South for their college football. It is in a, the pageantry, the experience, it's intense. And I've been fortunate to kind of experience it all, uh, both Midwest, you know, and, um, and down South. And obviously I grew up here in a college town out, out West. So I got a little bias. Um, I, I, I kind of like my colleges to actually be institutions of higher learning. Uh, so we get into a little bit of that. Um, but it's, it's fun. And, and Scott and I have a good banter. I had a great time. I'm excited for you all to, uh, to get a feel for it. It's, you know, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, so I hope you enjoy and uh, thank you for hanging in there. I know it's been a while. Yeah. You know, life gets in the way of life, so to speak. Um, but I'm here. I'm having fun. And we're going to do this on the flip side. So here we go. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Don't get you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Don't get you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Okay. Got Mr. Uh, Scott Travis in the house. What's up, people? So I uh, thought I would bring on uh, an old colleague and friend, uh, talk a little sports. Um, but before I get it started, let's uh, get a little intro. So Scott's longtime uh, SEC East Coast fan. Um, he's got like long fish, uh, history, family history in the SEC, actually, at the University of Florida. Um, and, uh, what else, what else am I missing here? What's, what's the other connection to SEC? What, what do you love about the SEC? What do I love about the SEC? It's just the combination of great, great athletics and academics, Josh, you know, it's, it's the hybrid approach. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. That, Cause that's going to be a, a nice segue into some of the conversation. <laughs> Perfect. So, you know, we, we have a lot of discussion, uh, not on, on the record. So it's a good, good point here around uh, SEC quality football versus the rest of the country. So what's your take on SEC as it relates to the rest of the conferences? Well, you know, I'm an SEC homer, Josh, right? Um, listen, you and I got in a debate on that this weekend, right? I think it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for the top talent and the best football out there, there's no other conference to go to than the SEC. Now, Josh would de debate that the IQ and the SET level is a little below below par, if you will. And that's fine. As I tell him, if you want to go to Model Congress and watch that to debate, then turn it on elsewhere. However, if you want to see the best quality football and the best athletes, speed, strength, line of scrimmage, there's no better conference than the SEC, top to bottom. 
Okay. There is some bias here, though. You did play at Florida. Sure. And you have a lot of family history there. Baseball, but sure. Uh, so let me let me give you let, let me ask you this question. So in the SEC, from a football perspective, like what what is the sort of the best experience? Like what what school does it best um, from a fan experience, overall, ac- you know, sort of academic. Uh, or sorry, not academic, a- athletic, <laughs> and just like student experience. Yeah, you know, to me, and again, yes, I do have an SEC bias. Um, I've been to a variety of different conferences and I've experienced it. Um, Admittedly, I think a lot of it is you look at a lot of these SEC schools and, you know, hey, they're college towns. There's nothing else going on, right? There's not a a pro team competing with the audience, if you will. So when it's Saturday and it's down south, there's nothing else going on and nothing else matters. So – to me, top to bottom, I just love the enthusiasm, the pageantry, the, again, everything shuts down on Saturday to focus on whatever that specific school's um, team is taking place that day. Um, and again, I think you get that in, in some other conferences. Um, you certainly get that in Texas, and you get in some of the Big 12 schools, the OUs. Um, I think when you come out west or you go to some of the bigger conferences where, I'm not sorry, not bigger conferences, but some of the teams where there's, again, they have that pro pro team, if you will, that they're pulling from. I think that's difficult to co- compete to. So, again, if you're looking for pageantry, enthusiasm, and 95,000-plus crazy fans, um, I think there's no better destination than SEC. So who does it best, though? Like, if you had to pick an SEC school... And I'll, let me, let's take Florida off the are, table for a second. Are we talking ladies? Are we talking food? Are we talking football? What are we let's, talking? Let's do the whole, the whole gamut, right? You got the whole thing. And let's take Florida off the table, right? Because sure. you're obviously going to be – you can't go against your, your school. Right. So is it Georgia? Is it, is it Rocky Top? Like um, where, where, where would you go? If you had to pick one place to do a, a guy's trip and you're from you know, Iowa or from California for that matter, where that would hurts. you go? Baton Rouge. Oh, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Why Baton Rouge? Baton Rouge, I think, you know, if you go on guys' trip, right, you got New Orleans right there. It's about an hour and a half away. Um, you know, Death Valley. I know Clemson might argue that they're the Death Valley. I'd say the LSU is the original. Uh, but Death Valley on a Saturday night, no crazier place. You got a great fan base. It's Mardi Gras, 365 days a year in Baton Rouge. Um, you know, bring, bring some, some, some beads and some bourbon. You're going to have a good time. So you do you think Baton Rouge and f- let's just talk about food for a second. Sure. Do you think that's high on the food list? Gumbo, I love it. They're they're making gumbo all the time. You know, it's funny. We when, when I we will bring it to Florida for a moment when we were having a, a good run, if you will, in the you know early to to late two thousands. We were down in Atlanta for the SEC championship more often than we weren't. And uh, you know, when you think about opponents that you wanted to play, um, I think it's it's normal to hate most fan bases of your opponents. LSU was not one of those, right? They were just a fun group to party with, great food, good people. They knew their they knew their football, they knew their food. Um, but to answer your question, I, th- I think it, I think it differs, right? If you want, um, you know, um, Oxford's a great place, right? There's some some very attractive ladies down there. Um, Oxford, Mississippi. Football, Oxford, Mississippi. It's a great Bob Dylan song that makes me scared to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to bring your toilet paper and be ready to throw around the trees, right? Um, Tennessee, again, as much as I hate Tennessee and I hate the vomit orange, if you will, great place to see it, right? You got the, oh, God, pardon my geography. What's the river right there? Um, I have no clue. All right. I've been to Knoxville. I've been to Knoxville, but I've never been to a game. So, so again, strongly dislike Tennessee, but again, 110,000 people singing Rocky Top, um, sitting right there on that river and great barbecue and a great scene. You got a boat boat tailgate going on. You yeah. got obviously RVs. What about uh, REM's home? 
like, you know, they, they were founded and conceived and created in Athens, Georgia. What about that scene? You know, you, hey, as a Florida fan, you're not going to compliment Georgia <laughs> in any way. So no interest. I've heard, no. Just, I've heard that's a good, good scene, though, overall. Like good it party is, is, scene, it, it, good, it good fun town. It is a fun town. Uh, it's close Athens to Atlanta, so, which is always as nice. As much as I do dislike... As much as I do dislike uh, Bulldog Nation, it is a good destination. To your point, they have they have great food, uh, it's a great tailgate scene, great music scene, just just a great you know college town. And, and again, that's one of the things I love about the SEC. All these college towns. There's again, some people might say, "Hey, nothing's going on here." Yeah, it's one of the things I love about it. They're all circles around the university and what's yeah. taking place on on that day. This podcast is being recorded technically in a college town too, where where a, a stone's throw from uh, Stanford University. One of the uh, fine, uh, probably the finest Division One athletic academic combination, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so, you know, just to, just to cap off some of the SEC uh, like tourism thing. So, you uh, all things considered, you think that if you had to pick one place, one time, guys trip, you would go Baton Rouge um, because of the overall experience, the the food, the party, the football, proximity to New Orleans. I think that's right. I think that's right. You got you got a bachelor party weekend going on. You want to encompass all those things. You're not going to go wrong about. You're not going Nashville, little Vanderbilt action and, and honky tonk. <laughs> Model Congress again. We might have to go there for good academic debate. Not, not, not for. I feel like that's Saturday. a good. I feel like it's a good segue. So like you you would discount the one actual academic institution in the SEC. No, we strongly embrace them because they bring up our academic <laughs> level. No, come on. I'm they're in Florida, man. Two, I'm glad two of the top 100 as it relates to academic ratings. Two of the top 100. That's right. I like you have to go 100. I know you're segueing <laughs> to the Big 12. Do you know how many they have in the top 100? I actually don't know. How Close many? your eyes. Tell me what you see. Well, is it nothing? The, is it the Big? Tw- oh, Big 12. Big, Big 12. 12. Yes. Big 12. Texas isn't in the top 100. No. UT? Not. No. No, they're like 107. Oh, well, interesting. But you though. got other strong institutions like West Virginia. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I didn't mean to bag on universities. So the one of the thing is, you know, growing up here, uh, out here in the West Coast, and being a, a diehard sports fan, I think the thing that uh, when I went to school in Ohio, uh, and being right outside Columbus, and having some friends at Michigan, and actually I went to a Florida game the year of Rydell Anthony, Danny Warfel, they won the title. I think it was 95, 96 season. 96, the Florida State um, Yes, one, I think, was that Spurrier's first title? That was, yeah. yeah. Very good. So I, I saw them play Vanderbilt that year in Nashville. Um, and uh, so I've got to see some great, like, high level. I saw Ohio State, the, the Horseshoe many times. I saw uh, been to Notre Dame now. Um, you, it's just hard. On the West Coast, you don't you don't fully grasp that. People don't have, maybe it's the weather, the women, the weed, whatever it may be, <laughs> as Biggie liked to say, you know, going back to Cali. Um, they're just not the same vibrancy. Right. And I think you get it. Like University of Oregon's got an intensity that uh, that's not common on the West Coast. Um, well, you know, I bring that back to again. There, there's there's with all due respect to Oregon, there's nothing else going on, right? Yeah. You look at the Bay Area. There's a lot of things. There's pro teams. There's football, basketball, baseball. There's a variety of other things. Yeah. Oregon and the vast majority of the SEC schools, not as much. So yeah. it's all as my that. as my buddy said, people would rather be playing volleyball and coding here than, uh, than going to your local college game. Um, but you, and you got, uh, you know, you got Wazoo actually fans are pretty crazy out there. Uh, university of Washington in Seattle actually has got a really vibrant fan base. That's a good scene too. Um, and they were great. They won a title back in the days when you were in college. I think it was a shame, um, but uh, they should have won it outright. They had, that was a great team. SAP was up for debate. Um, and then, but even USC, I mean, they won't even sell out, you know, if they're winning yeah. titles, they sell out, but you know, by and large people are, 
are fickle down there and they want winners. If you're not winning, you're not there. And I do think one of the things that's interesting, if you go to the Big 12, or as I like to call them, the Big 14, you know, branded the Big 10, but really the Big 14, or the SEC, which is 14 teams strong, even the Tier 2 teams are selling out every weekend. Yep. People are into it. It's it's part of the culture. Um, and, I, you know, we could debate why and how, but I think we all probably agree it's a combination of there's not as much to do. It's part of the like heritage and culture and traditions of the of the town and the and the region, um, and I'll be the first to admit as a as a big Stanford fan growing up in Palo Alto, um, and as a season ticket holder, it's appalling to me how poorly attended. Uh, I mean, people love the tailgate. It's a great tailgate scene. I'll what's put the capacity I'll of put the well. You, it, so what's interesting? Can you name the three stadiums in the world? That have hosted a World Cup match, a Super Bowl, and an Olympics event. Well, I'm going to start with Stanford. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, They're all in California. I'll give you a hit. Down, They're all in um, California. Uh, Coliseum. Yes. Right. Um, Let's just say it's close to the Coliseum, UCLA. home of home of the UCLA Bruins. Even though go. they they actually they actually are located about. 30 miles west of this place, but their home stadium is the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Got it. Very good. Um, but uh, what I was going to say was just, you know, it's it's a great scene. It's as good as any tailgate scene I've been to. And again, well, I've, been what is this, the capacity I've been to Stanford Stadium. Uh, well, it used to be 90,000 okay. and they redid it for 50,000. So it's a perfect 50,000, like modern stadium, okay. like every seat's great. And, and, and they did fill out on a, on, a, no. on a rivalry weekend. No. And it, I mean, this is how bad it was. Stanford was undefeated, ranked number three in the country with the consensus national player of the year in Andrew Luck on the team. Uh, this was in 2012. It was Andrew Luck's last year before he came out. And uh, so we were undefeated playing a Pac-12 game. And That's it was crazy. sprinkling, and we had 12,000 people there. That's absolutely insane. You know, I think the paid attendance might have been 30,000. Right. Um, but, you know, you go to a Tier 2 SEC game with no professional, uh, like no premier players, sure. two crappy teams, and you're going to be getting yeah. – 80 90 percent capacity if not sold out so, so for a guy that's never been to stanford stadium that being me um tell me a little bit about what that tailgate scene looks like so it's a, no gumbo i'm gonna assume <laughs> you'd be surprised there probably are, there are gumbo okay. uh there's definitely the wine and cheese but there's a ton of kegs it's a it's actually a fun social school um and the tailgate scene is probably typically three to four times the attendance of the game so it's and the thing about the stadium is it's all spread out at all sides. I went to high school actually across mm -hmm. the street from there, but there's a huge, you can park everywhere around the stadium and there's tailgates everywhere and it's just a party. So a lot of people right. come to hang out. Um, but a lot of people don't care about the game. I mean, I know a ton of people this season ticket holders, they go over a party, they party all the way through the game, hang out in the, in the tailgates and then go home. They don't even go into the game. Um, and so it's, it's much more about that scene and it's a fun scene, right. but again, no one's caring about the game. Whereas right. you go to an SEC game and there's probably people right. partying outside, but the vast majority of people want to go in. And I know right. the big, the big 14 is like the calm again, right. the big 10, you go to a Michigan game, everyone's going to the game, right? Yeah. It's and, just a personal preference thing. Again, I, I think a lot of it goes down to nothing else is going on in those towns. Right. But yeah, to me that, that, that's what makes it exciting, right? If you're going for that scene and you're going for craziness and you want all in, Saturday football. Um, there are places outside the SEC, but if I had to look at a concentrated conference, um, bias aside, I'm going to SEC. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, in, on the West Coast, uh, the best games, and I haven't been to every team's place, but if you were to wanted to go to a game, uh, Oregon's a great scene. Yeah. Eugene's a great town. 
Um, Nike effectively owns the team, so Phil Knight's there. It's all Nike'd out. It's a good kind of tailgate scene, and people are really into the game. Uh, and then U Dub is and a Mike great Leach scene. Mike Leach has a good scene going on up in where is it Pullman? It, it's Pullman right. out in the Wazoo. They call it Wazoo Nation. Right. Um, it's a, but that's a I you know that's a different beast altogether. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's hard to get to. Uh, University of Washington's a great scene too, right on the lake. Yeah. Uh, the stadium's beautiful. Fans are really, really into it. And that's really, you know, I mean, I, you know, I think Boulder when they were rocking back in the day was fun. You know, one of the newer Pac-12 schools. Um, I've heard good things about Utah, but again, right. it's like a tier two kind of stadium, just sort of like Wazoo. It's right. like probably wouldn't be accepted in the SEC right, uh, right. and definitely wouldn't be accepted in the Big 14. Um, so, and I've been to Penn State too, by the way. Penn State's a great Happy Valley Pensa, uh, you know, not very intimidating. We, I was talking with my son this week. I think they got to rebrand that name, right? Happy Valley. Happy Valley, but it is a great scene, yeah. right? You go there on a fall day, the foliage. And I went to I went to college. I went to college relatively near there, so I, I had I had some good good memories and experience out there. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, I do think uh, a lot of people around here like who are into sports love the the SEC is kind of a guy's trip. You got to go do right. a game or two and ton of people do Athens um, I think just for various reasons but how, how do you feel though um, let's talk a little bit about the <laughs> academics component of it here and it's not it's you not just like 12 minutes I'm proud of you yeah we're, we're 14 in. Oh, we're 14 okay. in. Um, no but how do you feel about like it almost to me it's like a, a there's a a bifurcation happening where like if you just take football which is the biggest money maker and and really the, the definitely the biggest kind of sport in general right now You've got SEC who's almost peeled away. Like they're kind of a different level, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the conversation you and I, maybe two or three years ago, I tried to have an argument like Pac-12 has got some great football. Obviously, Big 14 is going to make their 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 comment, um, you know, and some of the Big 12 or Big 9 or whatever they are this day. Um, they've got some teams that compete, right? They're there, Oklahoma, Texas back in the day. Uh, Big 14, you've got Penn State, um, when they're not going through the scandals, have historically been pretty good. Michigan, Ohio State have always been have been up there. Um, and the Pac-12, obviously, you've got USC is up there with some of the, I think they're number two maybe of total national championships. So they've been good. US, US, UCLA has been good historically. But it's clear SEC is on a different level, and they're almost playing pro football, right? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, we won't comment on like what players may or may not be paid or whatever's yeah. happening. There's clearly stuff going on, but regardless of that, like there clearly it's a, you look at the number of people going to the NFL and is it like, I don't know. It's almost like they're playing a different game and what, like, should there be, should they be like, should we bifurcate the league? So you've got like 20 or 30 teams that are playing for this like professional college league. And then the rest are actually playing academics. Like how would you think about that? Honestly, I think it depends what you're tuning into, right? You and I do debate about it a lot, right? And so we talk about the football, right? We we started the conversation this weekend talking about football, and you quickly pivoted to academics. To me, and again, you know, some people might be argue you should be able to have the same conversation within one, right? A college athlete or um, student athlete, if you will, inferring they're both, right? Um, the reality is they're not, right? So it depends what you're tuning into, right? So when I'm tuning into and I want to watch great football, yeah. With all due respect to the student athlete, I don't care what their SAT score is. I really don't. Um, what about that great softball pitcher at Florida when when they're going for the title? You, do you care about her SAT score? You you probably don't. You just want her to represent Florida well and win the game. I want to be good brand advocates for the university. That's you right. do. That's you do. Right, Judge. Um, so sorry, I didn't mean to ch throw you off your train of thought there. But. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the the, 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 the softball pitcher. Sorry. 
Well, I will say like, so we worked together for a while and, and we, we always had these like good debates and I always thought it was funny. You're like, you know, you'd text me, you know, at like 10 o'clock East coast time and you know, seven here. And you're like, do you see Florida, you know, in like field hockey? And I'm like, no, I'm not watching ESPN 360. Yeah, just to show you where my football <laughs> program's been. I'm, I'm trying to leech on anything I can. So those are my high points. Well, I think there's also been a healthy debate. Uh, and for the record, I did not go to Stanford, but I grew up here. So I'm a huge fan. I went to a small school. So it's my division one school. But we all had this healthy debate because Florida and Stanford are kind of like, actually competing heavily for those like Sears, Sears cups yeah. or whatever they're called. They used to be capital one cups, yep. but like basically it's now. the award. They have a male one and a female one. Right. Um, and they've been battling actually Stanford wins it most of the time. I think they've won like 16 in the last 18 years, but, right, but Florida is right there. Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of, I didn't realize actually I always knew Stanford, but I didn't realize Florida was so good across the board. Right. Um, and, and you're you know into this I might not have known the last five years football's been struggling, so I've been, <laughs> become acutely aware of the tennis program, swimming, gymnastics, volleyball. Well, and baseball, you've been strong in baseball. There's been, there's been some Big good time. parity. Baseball, great, softball. Great baseball. Yeah. Um, sadly enough, in the last couple of years, I think it's well, when Billy Donovan was there, it was starting to be called a basketball school, so I was, I was getting worried there for a little bit. That's right. And then he, he jettisoned himself to, to kick Durant out of Oklahoma City, right? This is right. Yeah. I was just right. trying to help the Dub Nation out, right? <laughs> nice. Helping you guys. Dub Nation. Dub Nation, baby. Oh, God. So back, to, so back to the academics. I mean, you don't care. And I, and I get that. And I don't have actually, I mean, at the end of the day. Let's be clear. I, can't I don't that. care as I'm tuning into football, right? Yeah. If I'm sending my kid there and I'm trying to get them the best degree, then, you, of course, I'm more conscious of it. But if yeah. you're asking me where I want to see great football, no, I don't care what they're. But do you think scores. it's a do you think it's a conflict of interest where you get schools like uh, and I'll call it Stanford because I have a little bit more intimate knowledge of kind of how they have to recruit and the type of people they have to bring in, and they actually do have to be students. And I think the struggle I see with with people I've known who've gone to some of these other schools is they're actually, they're they're there's a lot of pressure from those coaches for them not to be students because at the end of the day, like no one cares if Jim Harbaugh graduates hundred percent of his kids, they desperately care if he doesn't win 11 games and or beat Ohio state. Right. Right. And I think that's the thing I have a struggle with is like Stanford actually cherishes that. And they will, they will, they will keep a coach a lot longer who's right. not winning right. because he's, he's, he or she is keep upholding the, the standards of the academics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they are an anomaly, right? Stanford truly is. Yeah. Right? They, they do have that nice combination. That is unique. Um, I've always thrown around the unique idea of, and I don't know how specifically you tie it together with graduation rate and scholarships, right? I do think there should be some correlation, right? A percentage of graduation where you're rewarding that type of success. And as a result, you get, say, the full 85 scholarships. If you're coming in sub whatever the percentage is, 70% graduation. You know what? You don't get those 85. Oh, interesting. So you would, you would earn, you would earn it based on graduation. Sure. Yeah. How, how, where do you come down on the ability? Because Saban does a lot of this, where you can you give someone a scholarship and then you can pull it back at any time and just leave them stranded. Yeah. No, no the gray shirt. I don't. Yeah. You, you know, you might have 25 open scholarships. You offer 35. And um, no, I think it's bad business. And I, yeah, I listen, as much as I say good things about the SEC, there's some bad too. And I think that's. That's very prevalent there. Yeah, um, that's one thing Stanford's going to is guaranteed four year. Right. Which, I, you know, honestly, I, again, back as a fan, I want them to put the best product on the field, and if that if they have that like carrot, if you or actually in that case a stick, right? Then, you know, but I think as a human being and caring about these people as as especially like they're young men, right, right? or when women, right, in the case of the female uh, athletes. Yeah, you know, I, I I didn't, you know. 
going back to the it is you have to renew it every four years or every, every year four years, every year yeah over so the course they've, of the they've got yes. you by the proverbial yeah. you know which outside of perhaps a saving truly i've never heard of anyone tr- not not renewing it if you will right whether it, perhaps if it's been a behavioral or something like that what about your experience because, at florida did you see anyone lose their scholarship because they were not they probably didn't have the same commitment right. or no, absolutely not. No, I mean, there okay. would be still honored scholarships. Like if there were injured guys, they would still honor, you know, the scholarship. Maybe would transition to an academic one. Yeah, and I, make I know they, for I, folks who can contribute athletically. I know, I know they do that. Like right. even the Ivies right. say they don't give right. athletic scholarships. But I had a buddy who played, and, and the people do. I've heard plenty of stories that they get academic scholarships, right? right? right. So, yeah, to, to me, I mean, it's a reciprocal, you know, commitment to each other, right? Assuming the the student athlete is doing the right thing. Right. And again, that doesn't need to be throwing a certain amount of touchdowns or running for a certain amount. But again, representing the school in a way and not misbehaving. I don't care what your play time is. But to me, that is a again, you can renew it every year, but it's a four year commitment that that academic institution owns to the school. And conversely, again, the student athlete to the school representing it in the best way possible. So I think it goes both ways. So we'll. Uh... When I, when I close up here, I don't want you to go too long. Um, but I'm curious, like, what's your take on SEC the next two, three years? Like, where does Florida fit in and what is the balance of power? Yeah, you know what? I, I know kind of like Dub Nation, right? We're, everyone's get, getting a little tired of the uh, the Bama Nation, if you will. I, I think there's starting to be a, a swing in power, if you will, right? I mean, if you looked at it the last couple of years, it's been very SEC West. Meaning, you got the Bamas, you got the LSUs, you got the Auburns of the world, even the Mississippi, Mississippi states. Um, and the SEC East has been down. You know, that includes the Floridas, the Tennessees, the Georgias up until two, three years ago. Um, and you're starting to see the East of things elevate. So, as you saw this past weekend, the, the gap is being closed, right? Georgia gave that game away. Is, right? it, is it, though, being closed? I mean, Bama has been dominant all year long. And yes, they, they got like Georgia played a great three quarters of football, but you know, Bama's played an amazing 11 no, weeks. No one's playing on their, at the end of the day, Nick Saban's choosing his team, yeah. all 85 guys. He's getting the top, I don't want to say the top 85 guys, but certainly the top, they're, call it 70, they're if doing you will. Well. Yeah, right. They're doing well. Um, so I get it. A guy like that, I'd leave the Dolphins too, right? You get to choose your team here. Yeah. Um, and you, well, he's, you cre- he's, cle- he's clearly a great college coach. But the gap is being closed, right? You're you, looking you, say you, you do think so. I mean, because in some ways, I think people would argue this may be the best Alabama team there's been, particularly the first 12 weeks of the season. And, and even last week, or this past Saturday, Georgia played a flawless game for three quarters, but Bama stayed close enough and just, you know. I, I think it's a combination. I think the gap is being closed. I think there's more parity. Let's put it that way. You do think I, there's more parity. I do. I do. Again, you have Florida starting to compete. Georgia's certainly starting to compete. Um, yeah, Kirby Smart looks good. Kirby that was, Smart that was looks a great, great hire. Right? Another Nick Saban disciple. Great, great hire. Certainly some foolish decisions on the fake punt. Yeah. That could be quite how, how do you feel uh, that... Uh, the Urban Meyer news today is going to impact the landscape because he's clearly, I mean, obviously, you know yeah. him intimately as a Florida coach, but sure. he's clearly, I mean, it's him and Saban are in a class by themselves the last 15 right. years right. in college football and him leaving is going to have a impact on the big 14, Ohio State in particular, but also the landscape a little bit. It is going to have an impact on the landscape. You know, it, I think, um, I think Urban's very polarizing, right? I'll speak from a Florida fan, right? You have some who absolutely despise 
him and the way he left that program. Uh, you have others who say, you know what? <laughs> he didn't leave in the best light, but he gave us two national championships. So I think he's a polarizing individual. Uh, the past, I mean, shoot, I was going to say 12 months, but arguably the past couple of years have been challenging for him. But, yeah, that's been a big void. Like, if you think about the top coaches across the country, um, to me, those are the top two to come to mind. So it'll be interesting to see who elevates in his absence, if yeah. you will. But he'll... To me, there's certain coaches that make college football better under certain programs when they're at their elite level, when they're relevant, make college football more exciting. And when Urban Meyer, in my opinion, is in college football, um, it's a more exciting landscape. Yeah, I mean, he took – people don't think about this, but he took four different Division One programs right. to undefeated seasons. That's right. Bowling Green, Bowling Utah, Green, Utah, Florida, Florida, Florida. And he led uh, – I forget what the statistic is, but he's basically had like – I mean, he, the, the amount of NFL talent he created, even some of these like tier two schools, like Alex yeah. Smith was his quarterback at, at Utah. Right. Now think about that. That's how long he's been coaching. And it actually makes Alex Smith kind of aged. But, but the question is, so he retired from Ohio State. Will he resurface in the next couple of years? I think the question about Urban's Meyer, too, it, to, to take that question a step further, it's it's. I, there's got to be something else going behind the scenes going on right now because even right. in the question in the press conference today, they asked him, like, is your coaching career to done? And his response is, that's a complicated question. That's um, what I mean. And he's 54, I think, or 53. Like, he's not that old. But, you know, there is an interesting thing where I know that there's a lot of speculation about how he exited Florida. Yeah. Some of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes potentially with a co-ed. Obviously, yeah. he had some health stuff. And then what? obviously what's happened in Ohio State, like – you know, I feel bad in the sense that, you know, I think he's probably caught up in a lot of the stuff, the broader scope of stuff, so what's going on. Right. That assistant he play, coach. He plays on the edges. He coaches on the edges. He recruits on the edges. Like, yeah. he finds that gray area. But don't you, think that's, don't you think that's required to play at that yeah, level? I, do. I mean, I'm saving, I Saban's definitely at the gray edges. Gray, to me, is, isn't yet on the side of bad. Yeah. Um, he, uh, some would argue, is being innovative, right? He's one that... You know, I remember when you know, text messaging, for example, was first coming out, and there were d dead periods in recruiting, and you weren't allowed to talk to recruits. Well, guess what? Next day, or I'm sorry, Urban Meyer was the first one recruiting them. Wasn't speaking with them. So, again, some people might roll their eyes and be like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, but it wasn't um, out hey, It wasn't yet in the bylaws. Yeah. And um, so, again, he... he, he you know, challenges status quo if you will, and bends the rules a little bit. I, but um, I know another coach that that, uh, that bend the rules, but he's just not a very good coach. Uh, Lane Kiffin. So he, he figured out a loophole where he would send. Uh, he recruited a bunch of uh, coeds at the school, would dress them up in all of the colors <laughs> and send them out on Friday nights to uh, high schools. And they would hang out and scream for the player. Never say the, the school name they were cheering for. And they would shower the player after the game with love. Um, He's enjoying Florida Atlantic. He's having yeah. a good time down there. Yeah. Is Boca? Is that, is that where it, it, that's in Boca Raton? Yeah, interesting. I don't know the landscape of Florida very well. Um, you and I have talked You're about this a little bit. State but, of Florida, aren't you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, hey, I'm a Californian, so <laughs> I keep it real. No, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's good weather. Uh, you know, I'm I will be sad to see what 40 or 50, 60 percent of the landmass go away with global warming. Um, and I wish they were a little bit more eco-friendly to survive and, and maintain their land mass, but they're, they're not forward thinking on that. So they can continue to vote Republican. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Go, going back to the urban, one thing I, so I would like you to, um, um, you know, save this in the library if you will, but yes or no, not, not knowing where Brian Kelly is going to go within the next three to five years, will urban surface at Notre Dame? 
That's the question. That's his dream job. That's his ultimate dream job. Is it though? He because he's an Ohio State guy. He's from Ohio. Like everyone said, it's his dream job. But why would you want Notre Dame? Like I think that's an overrated job. Personally, you you play a tough schedule every year because you have to play all these and those like damn academic requirements. You know that. that yeah, that's gonna oh, really we <laughs> know those are academic requirements. I mean, yeah. they're like, can you pretend to read and write? Okay, he you're would in. Have a, he would have a hard time there. <laughs> he, he would he would have a hard time. I there. don't think. I honestly, Urban Meyer proven himself to me that. You can go undefeated at Utah, Bowling, Bowling Green, Green, and you can roll into Florida, and you can roll into um, Ohio State. And and granted, those last two schools are have history. There's a lot of recruiting prowess there, but he rolls in there, and immediately he's good. Okay. And and I, I just think at the end of the day, like that's a sign that he knows how to coach. For sure, he knows how to put things together. And I think you could put him at you know Washington State, and he's going to go. You yeah. know, he's going to be. 10 and 2, 11, 1 in the mix. So you put him at Notre Dame, it's a no brainer. And I think that, I think that is the ultimate question. If he has the itch in a year or two, once some of the controversies slim down and he actually really wants to coach again, I could see him resurfacing at Notre Dame or, you know, some school that wants to turn their thing around. Um, I, I, I just, I find it hard to believe that he would retire from Ohio state given that he's from there. I think that's his alma mater as well. I believe it is. Um, and so it's just, that is your dream job. Yeah. Everyone talks about Notre Dame being his dream job, but right. he's never yeah, said it was. So time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. So uh, before we, before we get out of here, uh, what's your prediction on the, the playoff? The playoff. All right. So, so we, we got, got two games, right? We got Notre Dame playing yep. Alabama and no, we have, we got Notre Dame Clemson. Notre Dame, and we've Clemson. got Bama, Oklahoma. So That's let's right. Start oh with no, no, I thought ladder. I thought Bama was playing Notre Dame. So Notre Dame's a three no, seed. One okay, and four, so Bama's one. Okay, Oklahoma's well the two four. the two three is easy in my opinion. Oh, I think they're both easy. Yeah, so. I think they're both easy. Are we taking too. spread or am I just going straight up winners? Just straight up winners. Straight up winner. Bama beats Oklahoma. Yeah, and you think they you think they take the spread too? Uh, fourteen. Um, I'm going to Oklahoma with spread. It's hard because we just haven't seen Kyler Murray enough in that team, and Lincoln Riley seems to be an offensive genius. I think they're going to put up their genius. points. I just they're just not going to stop. They're just not going to stop uh, Bama's offense. Not because they're potent, but Oklahoma just doesn't have a defense. Well, and they're just—I mean, Bama's just—it's a pro-style offense. Like they're going to just jam it down your throat, and then they're going to take right. their shots, and they've got athletes on the on the edges. I it's, think it'll be right around that spread. So, you think so? as a winner, I'm taking Bama. It's funny. I take Bama. I take Bama and the and the uh, spread Bama in that and one. The points. All right, yeah. you heard it here. Wetzel's yeah. taking the spread, baby. I just think I think they're focused. I think this Georgia thing was a nice scare for them. When he gets four weeks to game plan, I just think Big Twelve is a joke. Maybe got exposed for the Big Twelve is a joke. We'll yeah. make that for a different yeah. podcast. So Clemson, um, uh, Notre Dame. I'm I'm going I'm going Tigers. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I think that so again under that assumption, Clemson, Bama. I think that could be an interesting game. I think where. Uh, what about points on Clemson, uh, Notre Dame? I think that's around 11, 12 also, right? Yeah, I don't think it matters. I think that one team is just great, and I think that. And I think by the way, if if you want to call it the next like Urban Meyer slash. Nick Saban, I think Dabo. it's I think it's Dabo. He's and he's got the whole thing. He's got the culture. He's like fun. He's cool. Oh God, that athletic program. And I mean, he's, he's done it right. The kids don't want to leave, and clearly they don't. And yeah. Although he lost Kelly Bryant today to Missouri. To Missouri, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah well, he's a true freshman Trevor Trevor Lawrence. It looks like he'll be a number one overall pick in the NFL. So no interesting. So I'm so Mizzou, but. in the tight in the title game, who do you who do you think? Um, I think that's gonna be closer than people think. 
Okay. I don't know what people think, but it's gonna, in my opinion, it's going to be a close game. I think the difference is, as you just said, Trevor Lawrence, right? What they haven't. Well, Etne is a game breaker. Yeah, he's a game. And Trevor Lawrence, again, and he's I, not necessarily solely going to beat you on his feet, but but he can move. Yeah, right? he can move. But he's got it. a great arm. I mean, he, he's he got looks, a great arm. Like but go back to guy. the um, Deshaun Watson, right? They always struggle with. Again, I don't want to suggest Trevor Lawrence is quote dual threat, um, but he can certainly move on his feet if he needs to. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I, I think he just opens up that offense with the ability to throw. So it's going to be interesting. So who do you take? Um, gotta go, Bama. Okay, so heart for me is Clemson. Head, head is probably uh, is Bama. So. Okay. Well, hey, I really appreciate you doing this. It's been great. Um, and uh, looking forward to maybe doing this next time you're out here on the West Coast. It's great being here. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Josh. Before we leave, let me tell you a little something. Uptown funk you up. 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 Uptown funk you up.